Welcome to episode 18 of the Miles Podcast. This is for February 15th, we'll say. Close enough. Again, I'm doing all my recording uh, first thing in the morning. I don't know. I don't really know why I do that. Like, I'll roll out of bed and, like, get a snack, and then I'm like, I'm going to do a podcast. And it's like, oh, I'm always so tired. Not really. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty awake because... I've got some good stuff to talk about today. I guess. I only have like two things. Maybe. Um, pulling up my notes. How are you guys? Good? Awesome. That's what I thought. Yesterday was Valentine's Day. The day of love. Everyone loves love, right? Unless you're a Squidward, and then you don't. I had to work. Whatever. Uh, but on my way home... Uh, every night there's this bar that I drive by and it's just in the middle of kind of nowhere but they're open till like one in the morning so for the past couple weeks as I'm driving by you know I'm just like one of these nights I'm gonna stop in there just get a drink that's about it so I did it last night weirdest combination of people and music I don't know, I didn't know what I was expecting. Well, I guess I was expecting because it's like kind of in the middle of nowhere, kind of out in like farm country-ish. So I I guess I was just expecting a lot of country music and a lot of flannel and a lot of redneck people. And and it did have that. But I took some notes because I'm the weirdo who takes notes places, whatever. When I got there, there was probably about... Uh, 25 people, and I got there like at 11.45 at night, so it's getting pretty late. They, like I said, they close at 1. And th- there's music playing, they got this, like this dance hall, they had a couple pool tables, which was kind of cool. So I, I went up to the bar, I sat down, and the lady came up, and she's like, what are you having? And I'm like, ah, you got the brown water that makes you feel funny? And she's like, yeah. So I got a beer. And then I started to people watch. Uh, there was a dude opposite the bar of me, heavier set gentleman who had a like a flat rimmed flat topped uh like cowboy hat and he's sitting there and he's talking to his friends and i was like man that's that's a dope ass hat but when i walked in it was some country song and people are singing along it's a song i've never heard go go figure uh but then the next one was like kendrick lamar so you go from country to rap, and, like, people are singing along, and it was, like, I know hip-hop and rap is becoming more uh, mainstream, but it, w- it was just kind of interesting to see that actually take place. Because uh, I've, I've heard tale of that. Um, what else? We got... Oh, I, drunk people are funny. Uh, there was, like, two or three dudes next to me, and they had, like, their arms around each other, and I wrote, no homo might have been homo i don't know uh, anyways did their arms around each other and they were like talking about how when trump builds the wall how great it's gonna be and whatnot and i was like oh jeez, where am i at uh at one point they kind of did like a karaoke thing where one one drunk dude got up on stage and they had they grabbed the microphone and again they're singing these songs that i guess are popular I don't know. I've never heard any of these country songs because I hate country and it's it's an abomination on music and it's terrible. But anyway, so the guy starts singing it and he's like adding words and 
you know, he's like slurring some of his things, but he's like, hey, Cody. And then Cody's at the bar and he's like, yeah. Um, he's like, don't you need a drink up here? And then uh, Cody's like, yeah. <laughs> Just yelling in the background. So at the beginning of every single song that he sang, he probably did about, I don't know, seven-ish. This one dude in a yellow shirt who was doing way too many shots. You know, the beginning of the song, as soon as he realized what song it was, he was like, Woo! Yeah! Yippee! You know, just like really getting into it. Finally, he went out and he's on the dance floor and there's nobody over there. Because again, it's like 1230 at night. And he's just he's rocking out to whatever sad, sappy country song is playing. And it was funny. And then another guy, the the guy was again singing, and uh, there was a dude next to me that he kept making eye contact with. And the dude at the bar did this thing, and I'm going to just try to describe it to the best of my ability. Hopefully I can do it justice. So that he makes eye contact, and he's like, you know what I mean, Zach? And then Zach, like, looks up and gives like a, Hmm. And then holds up his beer like a, yeah, I got you. You know, was, I didn't know if it was a weird respect thing. It was just, just odd. I don't, I don't understand it. Uh, on, on the television, they had TMZ, you know, the stupid celebrity gossip show. But it was the dude version. It was TMZ sports. So all they were talking about were sports athletes and stuff and their weird TMZ way you know like lebron james what kind of scandal is in the, into this week and the last thing i'm gonna mention before before i had left that place um when i sat down and i placed my order this uh this lady came up next to me and she had on like either it was like a mascot hat helmet thing it might have been a panda it might have been a koala but it it definitely looked like it was one of those um like a mask for a furry i don't know if i've talked about furries on the miles podcast in the past like look i'm cool with anything people do whatever doesn't bother me at all if two dudes want to get married and be miserable like everyone else that gets married fucking fine doesn't matter to me let them do whatever and, and, like, over the summer, I went to a pride walk, and they had just tons of different people. They all had different flags that meant different things of, like, whatever, um, I'm sure this isn't the right way, but whatever allegiance they had, it, it kind of looked like, oh, God, we're just going off on a tangent. This is going to get me in trouble, I'm sure. Uh, in Star Wars Episode One, right before the pod race thing, they, they, you know, they had the big bah, 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 music playing and like the pod racers are all getting ready to start, but they got the flag bearers walking out. They got the big flags for the racers. It was kind of like that uh, for each whatever, you know, transgender, uh, lesbian, gay, all that stuff. They, ha- they have individual ones. And I was like, that's cool. You know, I'm behind that. But then the furries showed up and... That's where I draw the line. I'm sorry if I have furry listeners. I hope I don't. I honestly, that's the one thing 
<laughs> I, I draw the line. It's weird. It's creepy. I don't know. Anyways, this lady came up to me at the bar, and she's wearing one of those masks. And I just kind of look, and I'm just like, hi. And she's like, sup? And then grabs her drink and scurries off. I'm like, what the, what the fuck kind of bar is this? It's like a weird country hip-hop furry den. I don't know. Anyways, I guess on the topic of things that I'm, ugh, people are going to get mad at me about. This is going to sound sexist, but trust me, once I say it, it's going to, you're going to be like, okay, now that makes sense. All right. <sighs> There's, in my opinion, as, as a straight white male, there's one thing I think women should not do. Again, bear with me. And what it is, is design men's underwear. Boxers, briefs, underwear, whatever. I, I just, I feel like it's because it's, it's a different, they, choosing my words very carefully, they don't have the hardware that, let's say, a man has. So when it comes to designing it, Key features could be overlooked. Now, uh, don't don't get me wrong. On the opposite spectrum, I feel like dudes probably shouldn't be designing, like, lady products. Does that make sense? Does that cancel out what I just said? Anyways, what I'm getting at is I went over to the, the TJ Maxx and found some boxer briefs. And I was like, cool, I need some more boxer briefs. This is getting weirdly personal, I guess. So I bought them. They were on clearance. And now I know why. They were missing one key feature. That dude underwear, boxer, briefs, anything should have. The goddamn piss flap. It, just, it doesn't have them. It's the weirdest thing ever. Um, it's like 100% Ken doll. Like, it's awful. I hate them. So anyways, that's just what I think. I could be 100% wrong. Maybe a dude designed them. I don't know if that's the fashion trend. Goddamn annoying. Goddamn annoying. Anyways, let's move on to something that, I, <laughs> that I'm sure is it's actually a relevant topic. And that is uh, Resident Evil 2. We're going to talk about video games. After, after everything we just did, we're going to talk about some video games. Resident Evil 2 came out with a remake, uh, what, like two weeks ago, three weeks ago? Look at that, I'm, I'm on time, I'm playing an up-to-date video game. Uh, back in the day, I never played Resident Evil 2. I think it came out in like 98, 99, something like that. So, about 20 years ago. I, I've tried to go back and play the, the first couple of Resident Evil games, I, like I have the remakes on the GameCube. I can't do it. The uh, the controls are just, in my opinion, complete garbage. Just the control setup is uh, what's called tank controls, and they just they don't work well, in my opinion. I don't think they work well. As well as uh, the games are built with fixed camera angles, so in each room, like the camera's up in the top left hand corner, and then you move to a different segment, and the camera, you know, drastically changes perspective. 
Now, I don't like that style of gameplay. To each their own. I know people who love that kind of gameplay. So, they came out, uh, you know, with this new remake, and it's n it doesn't have tank controls. It's got, like, third-person shooter controls, and it controls... Oh, my God, it's, it's so good. All the controls just... Everything does what you want it to do, and... What was kind of, from from what I understand, what was spooky and scary about those fixed camera angles is he didn't know really what was around the corner because the game was kind of only showing you what it wanted to show you. But let me tell you what. Even in third person, when you can kind of see around corners, it's still a terrifying game. Now, that's just me saying it's terrifying because I'm a wimp. I don't like scary movies. I don't like scary video games. So playing this is kind of, it's different. It I'm not used to that kind of, you know, like, oh God, I don't want to go down the spooky hallway. Well, I got to go down the spooky hallway to progress in the game. And boy, let me tell you what, going down that spooky hallway is spooky. So your, uh, your ammo is very limited. Uh, enemies don't really drop anything. I don't think in the entire playthrough, I didn't think I found anything when an enemy dropped it. No. Um, and a lot of the lights in the in the location are turned off, or, you know, very dim or broken. So you have a flashlight, and again, you're, you're restricted to what kind of... Whatever the flashlight can see is kind of all you can see. You know, a little bit outside of that radius, but that's it. So it brings up a lot of stress and tension and because you, you don't know what's coming around or something will grab your leg and you're like, ah! It's like, oh shit. Um, now, I haven't finished the game, per se. It's There's two campaigns because there's two characters. Uh, there's Leon Kennedy, who's in the, the guy from Resident Evil 4, but I guess this is his first appearance. And Claire Redfield. Which is a lady. So before you start the game, it gives you the option which which character you want to play as. So the first time I played through it, I played as uh, the lady. Uh, so I finished that campaign, and now I'm playing through as uh, Leon. And like, you kind of do the same story elements, but in a different way, I guess for each one. So like, uh, Claire has a dedicated chunk of her plot that's you know just focused around rescuing this child well in the leon campaign that kid isn't mentioned at all you know she's not in this plot it's something else there's like a secret fbi spy walking around so you follow her now going back because i said i hadn't played re the original resident evil 2 everything was new to me so there's a bunch of puzzles and you know story elements that I, I just don't know because I didn't play it. And I can tell you what, uh, not knowing anything in this game is pretty scary. Um, kind of stressful, but it's a lot of fun. At no no point did I, was I was like, you know what, just screw this game, I'm done, this is, a, this is annoying. It, it stayed pretty, uh, pretty fun and upbeat. There was like one or two parts that were annoying. The only time I died during the, uh, my Claire playthrough was like there was a boss battle where you gotta like you're fighting this this mutated guy and you gotta swing like a shipping crate to hit him 
And the timing of that's a little weird, so it ended up hitting me, like, three times. Uh, then the only other time I died, I think, was one of the final boss battles. Because he's, like, throwing these giant um, pipes and stuff. And then he just, he hit me and then kind of locked me in a corner and then I died. Well, and then again, I was only playing on normal. I wasn't playing on the hardcore difficulty. Which I probably won't, because that's going to be way too stressful. Oh my god, I can't handle the stress! So the plot of Resident Evil 2 uh, follows the plot of Resident Evil 1. Like I said, I haven't played these games, but I, I, I know a lot about these games. Because they're really interesting, and I, and I like the idea and the concepts of it. Um, I think the only Resident Evil games I've actually played were Resident Evil 4 on the GameCube and the Wii. And like, Resident Evil, uh, like Umbrella Chronicles or something? Which was like a light gun rail shooter. And I think that's it, really. But I've watched videos and stuff on it. So anyways, in the, the first Resident Evil, there's some pharmaceutical company that makes some kind of virus that turns people into zombies. It gets out, goes to the neighboring city of Raccoon City. Raccoon City is where Resident Evil 2 takes place. And it pretty much all takes place within uh, the confines of a police station, uh, the sewers, and a secret underground um, umbrella pharmaceutical plant. And uh, either way, they've got the virus that turns people into zombies, and then which is the T virus. Then they've got the G virus, which mutates people into other things. So, like I said, I, like, I, I know quite a bit about this series, but never really played it. It's just interesting. Uh, so the plot, uh, you, you get to this uh, police station, and you've got to escape the police station, and kind of it, you, you know, you do some puzzles, you go through some spooky scary rooms, you find some mutated creatures, you fight them, or you run away, and that's kind of it. Uh, but this game, I, I watched uh, like one one guy on YouTube play like the first, I don't know, 15 minutes of the game. And I was hooked. I'm like, man, that actually looks like a game that I would enjoy. Because there's something about, like, con like managing your inventory, um, limited resources, you know, risk versus reward kind of thing. I just, I like that style of gameplay uh, on top of whatever else. And, like, it was fun. I, I would, uh, I would recommend it. It gets the Miles seal of recommendation. So a friend of mine and I, we came up with, like, how we should rate games. And uh, just have it really make no sense. Be like, you know, this game, uh, it really didn't hit, uh, hit, hit our expectations. So we're going to give it a 250 points. Um, I'd really like to see it step up with the sequel. But then, like, the next review be like, this game is fantastic. It, it gets a 7. Uh, it is great perfect game you know just have the scoring system make absolutely no sense like seven of what uh, 250 of what you know doesn't make sense and that's why i love it so anyways i would give resident evil 2 uh the glorious score of 36.5 now like i said this game is great i would recommend it it's brand it's a brand new game so it's going to be expensive uh it's a little short Depends on how you play. So my first playthrough was probably like a eight to nine hour playthrough, 
because I had no idea what was going on. I didn't know anything, you know, what to do. And so I was learning it all. My second playthrough that I started, I breezed through the first um, chunk of the game. Like, because you go, what is it, like, police station, uh, parking garage, back to the police station. So that first police station chunk, I got through that in an hour. Now, on my first playthrough, it took me, like, two or three hours because, you know, I'm, like, stopping, I'm looking at everything. But this time I knew what I was doing, so I was just like, zoom, fly right through it. Uh, so, I guess in total, if you don't know what you're doing, it's probably, like I said, your first playthrough will probably be about eight, nine hours. Your second playthrough would probably be about half of that. And then they've got, like, New Game Plus. And so what, we're at, like, 12 hours, maybe? Maybe 13 hours? So New Game Plus, I guess they change up things, sequence of events, and, like, locations of key items and puzzle things, uh, enemy placement. I haven't done those. I don't know if I am. I think I'm going to finish the Leon campaign and it might just be done. So this game definitely has replay value. You unlock goodies. There's challenges. Which unlocks like concept art. Which I guess people like. I think it's kind of cool. I don't think it's a really good reward. Um, I think like, hey, you beat the game. Look at all the concept art. That's about it. So moving on. Uh, I'll hit you up with some... Uh, Miles podcast updates. Uh, the podcast itself is actually doing very well. So thank you to everyone who's been listening to these. Uh, it means a lot. I've been seeing, you know, I've been seeing steady growth. So it, it's making me feel pretty good. I'm like, hey, people enjoy my stuff, maybe. So thank you again. Um, other updates that are going on with the podcast. I'm working on a new uh, logo for the podcast and you know and that's kind of cool that's going to take a while because i'm just doing it here and there i'm not i don't have any i don't have a solid idea of what i want so i'm just playing around with the uh the knockoff photoshop on my my desktop um as well as something that's going to be kind of cool is i'm going to make stickers uh they're, they're not going to be like my face or anything don't worry it's not that weird I have a program on my computer that, that generates QR codes based on whatever you type in, and one of them is a website. So I'm not, I don't have a website, but I, I can have a QR code that'll link people to, um, you know, my podcast, like iTunes or something. So I have that, and I just gotta buy the paper and print it, and then I'm gonna start sticking them everywhere. So like... The other day I was I was in Portland and I wish I had them because I was just gonna stick them to like people or something. <laughs> not not really, but just like telephone poles or stuff. I'm also working on a on building a home network so I can have my desktop and my laptop connect to my router, and then I want to have a third computer that's just for storage. Uh, kind of like a, I guess a server, if you will. So I can I can back up all my uh, all my music, all my podcast files, stuff like that. Because um, my laptop, it, it's getting up there in age. Uh, it's about oh Christ, I don't know, seven years old almost. And for electronics, that's getting pretty pretty old. I know the battery's pretty bad, and the disk drive's okay. I'm just worried about the hard drive because I don't want to lose all my stuff. No one wants to lose all their stuff. 
right? That's what's going on with me. The other day I walked, I was wandering around Portland, went out there, hit up a couple record shops, and found some cool shit. So I'm gonna, I guess this will be a, an extension of the, the, uh, the, whatever I was calling it, the Miles Goodwill Corner Find. Find Corner? One of those two. I never remember. I, again, I should fucking write it down. Whatever. Alright, so this will be what I found at the record shops as well as Goodwill and a local uh, record store called Bull Moose. I had them specially order a few things for me. So, we'll start off with specially ordered thing. Um, shit, it's in the other room. I got a jazz album. And it's really cool. There's only like five songs on the whole album, but they're each like ten minutes long. And it's kind of like that lo-fi kind of just background music. It's really nice. I enjoy it a lot. So I had them order that for me. As well as Mortal Kombat The Album. Uh, Mortal Kombat The Album is not the soundtrack to the video game. It's like back in the 90s, you had to order this CD through a phone number that appeared on the arcade cabinet and I think the home version. And it's like this 90s drum and bass techno stuff. I don't know. It's pretty good. The The lyrics are weird because, I don't know, music about video games is always meh. But it's got a, a really, really good rendition of Techno Syndrome, which is like the main Mortal Kombat theme. Uh, it's, it's real good. So anyways, I got that. It's pretty cool. Check it out. I also bought uh, Santana. So a buddy of mine told me about this Santana album called Borboletta, which was from, what, 1974. And he said, this is like a Bossa Nova album. And I was like, shit, I love Bossa Nova music, which is kind of like elevator music or just like slow jazz, um, you know, with bongos and like jungle noises sometimes. Um, this album is so fucking good. There's like two songs that kind of, eh, like, there's a song called Give and Take, and, like, I don't know, the first three verses are just whoever's singing going, It's a game of give and take! Just over and over and over and over. But if you get past that, it's it's awesome. I would highly recommend it. It's hard to find on CD, uh, apparently. So, look it up on YouTube if you're into that sort of shit. Um, then I got... I found this one at one of those record stores in Portland. I think it's... I can't read it. It's one of those black metal albums that just looks like a pile of sticks. It's Autopsy Church, maybe? I don't know, but their, their record label was Autopsy Kitchen Records. So maybe it's Autopsy Kitchen... Oh, but that's a C. I don't know. It's weird. Some local band from like 2006 from Portland, I think. It's it's okay, but it's definitely got that cliche pile of sticks as a logo. All right, what else we got? We got uh, Tool Undertow. I haven't listened to it yet. This will be my first Tool album. I've only listened to maybe like three Tool songs my whole life. I'm sure I've heard more, but I just don't know that that's who I'm listening to. So hopefully this one's good. If anyone knows, let me know. 
All right, we got Typo Negative, October Rust. Typo Negative is really cool. I, I've like liked them for years. Very slow. I wouldn't say that they're doom metal, but they're very much just a more slow, metallic, heavy metal, I guess. Uh, we got Simon and Garfunkel, The Sound of Silence. Or the Sounds of Silence? Is it really called The Sounds of Silence? I thought it was sound. I didn't know there was an S at the end of it. Really? Huh. Anyways, the, the album is called that, and it's a great song. Um, a lot of people know that Disturbed covered it, and they did a great job. And I don't know if if I like the Disturbed cover better than the original. I, th I, I like them both. It's a, it's a great song either way. So I'm excited to listen through that album because I've heard a lot of Simon and Garfunkel over the years. So it'll be nice to have it confined to one thing. I let's see. I found the soundtrack to The Hateful Eight. Uh, which is the Quentin Tarantino movie from a few years ago. I fucking love that movie. I think that's my favorite Tarantino movie. I can go off on a whole tangent on, on Quentin Tarantino's films. Because they're they're amazing. Um, so I got the soundtrack. Soundtrack's alright. It I don't know. There's not a lot of uh, actual licensed songs. It's like a lot of instrumentals. And then they do skits from the movie. Which is always nice. But th that's a cool addition. Also got Linkin Park's Metera? I don't know what that one is. How do you pronounce that? Meteora. M-E-T-E-O-R-A. Metora. Sure. Anyways, I'm not a big Linkin Park fan, but I figured since What's-His-Face, Chester, something or other, isn't around anymore, maybe it'll be like Van Gogh and I'll really like him. I don't know. I've always kind of liked Linkin Park in passing. So I'm excited to listen to that. As well as... Uh, Chumbawamba's Tub Thumper. Probably thinking, what the fuck's a Chumbawamba? The fuck is a Chumbawamba? They're the ones who did the song Tub Thumping. And again, you probably don't know what that is, but it's like, I get knocked down, but I get up again. Like that one. That's what the, that's like the only song. The rest, <laughs> the rest of the album kind of sucks. It's, it's a bummer. As well as a few other albums and bands I've been listening to. Uh, I've been listening to Mmm Food. It's the album by MF Doom. It's a great rap album if you're into that. Um, what else we got? Uh, the Glitch Mob. Uh, See Without Eyes. I've been listening through that. Uh, it's good, like, electronica music album. Um, Cascade, Fire and Ice. The first half of the album. It's like a two-disc album. Each disc has ten songs, and the second disc is just remixes with other people of all the songs from the first disc. And the first disc is awesome. Second disc, meh, it's okay. Again, more electronic music. And Turn Off the Radio by Real Big Fish. They're a ska band. They're pretty good. If you've ever seen the movie uh, Basketball with uh, the, the South Park guys, uh, Matt Stone and Trey Parker. Or is it Trey Stone and... Matt Parker. Anyways, uh, they were featured in that movie a lot. And that's a funny movie. If you haven't seen it, check it out. Well, that's all I found at, at the Goodwill. So I think with that, this is the end of episode 18 of the Miles Podcast. I hope you'll check out uh, Resident Evil 2. It's on the Xbox, PlayStation, and 
I assume the computer. Um, it's it's a fun game. If you like horror games, it's going to be up your alley. Uh, if you're a Resident Evil fan, it'll be right up your alley. If you like third-person shooters, it'll probably be up your alley. It's good. Maybe don't pay full price, because like I said, I'm probably going to be done with my second playthrough. So in total, I've probably put about, I'll, I will have put about 12 hours, 13 hours, and be done with it. So if that's not worth full price to you, maybe wait a little while. To me, it is. The experiences I'm having with it are fun, and I'm enjoying it. So to me, it's worth it. Uh, you can find me on the internet uh, on Instagram at MetalMiles15. You can, maybe if you'd like, you can subscribe to me on iTunes or Podbean. And if you feel like it and you're oh so nice, feel feel free to leave a review, positive one maybe, on my iTunes or give me a like or something on Podbean. If you feel you feel inclined to it and if you think it's worthy of it that'd be cool so i don't know what to leave you on how about another commercial from the early 2000s that'll that makes me smile um okay bye and cheese and fun nuggets with pudding and rainbow sprinkles hey thanks that was great yeah next time i'll have cheese pizza and i can frost the brownies hey guys let's go beat the big bad wolf yeah, yeah. kid cuisine food and fun all in one